0: 15 seconds on the clock and here is your question list the complaints people might have about their parish and why that keeps them from getting involved ready and go helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey welcome to the inner life with patrick conley Welcome, my friends, to the inner life. I'm Patrick Conley, grateful that you've joined us for another hour of spiritual direction. Now, when it comes to complaints people have about their parish, the list is all but endless. I don't get anything out of the homilies. Father's homilies are too long. It's too hot in the summer, it's too cold in the winter. There's not enough offerings for kids, there's not enough for adults. Masses go too long. There are no mass times that work with my schedule. I haven't, had, I haven't made any good connections there. They're always asking for more money. It's too traditional. It's not traditional enough. The music is bad. I don't like the hymns or the songs they pick for mass. I can't understand Father's English. I can't understand Father's Spanish. I can't understand Father's fill in the blank. Maybe just I can't understand Father. Period. Well, those are just off the top of my head. Did you come up with other ones? Surely, there are a myriad of reasons that could be said of just about every parish imaginable that people could invoke, and sometimes do invoke, to justify not getting involved in the life of the parish. Still, being involved with your parish and contributing to the needs of parish life is one of the precepts of considering oneself a practicing Catholic. Why is it so important? And, if we have complaints of our own, which I'm sure we do... Why and how should we still get involved? Navigating parish life is our topic today on the show and leading us through is our spiritual director for today, Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave was ordained for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles in nineteen seventy-eight. In ninety one, he received a master's degree in marriage, family, and child counseling from the University of Southern California, and he currently serves as the pastor of Saint Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Welcome back, Father Dave. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Patrick, but I'm not sure I can be of help today because I've never heard a single complaint in 45 <laughs> years. <laughs> this is all new territory for me. Oh,
0: no, really? Just kidding. Just well, that's, kidding. that would be fascinating. <laughs> 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 now, this is to say nothing, of course, about I'm sure your homilies are exactly as long as they should be, and masses never go over what 53 right. minutes or <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, there's so many complaints that that we have, and I, I'm not just going to say, I, I'll, I'll own it. I've got complaints. People have complaints about their parish, and yet it is still such an important thing. Parish life is so important. And maybe that's the good, best place to begin, is give us some reasons why parish life is so important to our lives
1: of faith. Well, two things happen at a parish. Uh, The number one purpose of a parish is to meet the Lord. That is the number one purpose for every single activity that's happening in a parish. That's the way the pastor should think about it and and guide and organize all events. How can this parish event or this parish experience help people meet the Lord? Because that's when every good thing happens is when people meet our Lord uh, for whatever they need. Then it's it's also the place where we meet each other and <clears throat> there's the rub. You know, it would be, I mean if we if, if we if we only would meet our lord and not have to bother with these pesky other human beings, uh, you know, I think people would feel satisfied. But uh, that's not the way our lord designed it. He he actually right. said, "I want you to come together, ecclesia, you know, to come together as a community and to rub shoulders with these pesky, irritating, annoying other human beings." Because that's how you will build virtue. That's how uh, the virtues of patience and listening and kindness and understanding and love happens in the presence of another human being. And making allowance for that person's idiosyncrasies, you know, the way they rustle the pages of their missalette. you know, how do they, you know, discipline their children at Mass. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, the... the Typical thing is, you know, what are they wearing? You know, oh my God, that person's wearing shorts or sandals or whatever. So, you know, people would like to have, oh, I just want to meet our Lord. I just want to be this beautiful, pristine situation with just me and Jesus. But Jesus himself says, no, I want you to come into my presence along with these other people. And that's the rub and that's where, that's the challenge of knowing, you know, what to accept from the idiosyncrasies of other people and and where should they be challenged? And that was a long list of complaints Mm -hmm. that you had at the beginning and uh, (laughs) they're all very very recognizable and some you can deal with and some you can't and knowing the difference is important. Yeah. Okay. That's
0: that's a good point. Yeah. When you're talking about these other pesky human beings, Father, mm. what what leaps to mind is uh, <clears throat> philosopher Jean Paul Sartre, who's um, certainly yes. not a Catholic philosopher, but him saying, "Hell is other people." I believe I, he's uh, the one who said that. And and uh, but in actuality, exactly what you said is that uh, Jesus seems pretty clear that actually it's the opposite. Actually, other people learning to love them, even those that uh, maybe get our rankles up. Right. Um, that's that's where you like you said. That's where you build virtue. That what's, what speeds you along the path to heaven. Yep. Amazing, yeah. yeah. So well, well, in parish life specifically, Father. I think as we're as we're looking at it and considering it here on the show today. I mean, um, well, maybe just to ask from your own experience, Father. Now you're obviously a priest in the Catholic Church, so um, your parish life prior to you um, responding to the call to the priesthood. Must have had some impact on you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: You know, uh, the impact changes uh, with age. You know, uh, when I was young, uh, I don't think I really wanted to go at all. Actually, I think when I was the youngest, I simply got in the car with my family because that's what you did. You just followed your family. And then there was a time I think when I would rather go out and play. I lived in the country and it was fun to ride your bicycle around the hills and that kind of thing. Uh, then you know, as I got older, I kind of went to church mainly to look at the pretty girls that were there. Okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> you know, mass was in Latin, so I didn't sure know what was going on. Uh, but then um, I began to pay attention to a little bit more what was going on. And uh, ironically, uh, the priest who gave, who frequently helped out saying mass at my parish, was the priest who taught homiletics, who taught how to give a sermon at the seminary, which was not too far away. Wow. So we had great sermons from him. Yeah. And I think that probably helped a little bit. It got my attention. Uh, but then there was the, uh, the magical time when I was young and I was a big l- basketball fan, big Laker fan, and there was a championship game on, during a, the, and on, on a Sunday morning, of all things. And I told my folks I didn't want to go to Mass. I wanted to watch this game. Mm. And very simply, my folks said something really powerful. They said, you know, you've had all week to yourself. And of course, in those days, you know, after school, you could pretty much do what you wanted and only came home at night or yeah. dark. Yeah. So they said, you know, you've had all week to yourself. This is one hour that you give back to God. Mm. And I couldn't argue with that logic. And I said, yes, that's right. So even, so I would, I would go to the parish. We didn't have, uh, besides that one priest, we didn't have great homilies. The pastor was actually kind of a mean person. Uh, and I would say to myself, you know, that guy, that pastor, he's not, he's not giving his hour very well, but I still have my hour to give. So even though he wasn't doing a good job, I had to give my hour back to God. And I think that phrase inoculated me against bad parish experience. Wow. Yeah. And, and I put it in context. I said, okay, maybe that singer's not so good. Maybe that usher's a little bit mean. Maybe this family's a little bit unruly. I have my hour that I have to give to God. And I began to see the mass as something that I participated in, that I, something that I did myself as well as what the others did. That was a huge, huge help. Yeah. And I've tried to share that and pass that on to parishioners uh, ever since. And uh, look, other people may not be doing well at mass, maybe not singing or lecturing well. You have your hour to use well in the presence of God
0: mm-hmm. wow, great tip father that's a <laughs> that's that 's one to stick in the bank there for for a long time to come is that I have my hour to give, and regardless of what other things are going well or not, yeah, Father Dave Heaney is our spiritual director today here on the inner life as we 're talking about navigating parish life. Why is it so important, and how we can get involved and stay involved in our parish? And maybe specifically, that's that's something too, Father. Is that uh, when I say our parish, um, there's something to that, isn't there? I mean, there's something to getting committed to a particular parish rather than doing kind of the parish hopping you know, uh, well, let's check out the liturgy at this parish. I've heard they've got really good music over at this parish. This parish has a priest who really gives great homilies, so we'll go over there this week. But that doesn't seem like the uh, ultimate intention here behind parish life.
1: Well, we certainly prefer that parishioners would stay in their parish and, you know, maybe affect change if they can. It takes a certain kind of personality to do that. First of all, we, when we're baptized, we are baptized into the Catholic faith, we're not baptized into a parish, yeah. so you can go anywhere you want for mass. Uh, sacraments, though, some sacraments require a pastor's permission. So, if you live in one parish but you would like to have your baby baptized in another parish, or receive first holy communion, or confirmation, or get married, your parish pastor has to give permission for you to be to have those sacraments in another parish. Yeah, and normally they do that. I mean. You know, pastors are, you know, generally cooperative in that way. But I think, so you kind of have a choice. Um, There's certainly, certainly humanly understandable that you would like to go where the music is better. You know, it has better air conditioning, better parking. (laughs) I mean, some of these things can be really kind of just, you know, kind of basic human things. Um, Or you can stay in your parish and make it better. However, staying in your parish and making it better, that takes a certain personality. It takes a strong personality, patient personality, Mm. diplomatic personality, um, all those things. And, you know, I I would wish that everyone had those, but not everyone does. And so uh, I certainly love it when people can stay and make the parish better. But I I also understand if they, you know, they don't speak English very well, they'd rather go and hear a mass in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Totally understandable.
0: Sure, yeah, and I get that too. I, um, but just to clarify, though, staying and making a parish better—that that doesn't involve just complaining to everyone I meet
1: about the the things I don't <laughs> like about the parish, right? <laughs> right. That, people yeah. are, that's, just, that's a skill that people have honed to a high right. degree of uh, <laughs> Expertise. You know, excellence. Yeah. Excellence. Excellence. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Very good. Well, again, our
0: our spiritual director today is Father Dave Heaney. As we're talking about navigating parish life. Is, the, is your parish important to you? What is your experience of your parish? Have you gotten involved in your parish over the years? And if so, how so? What's kept you involved? And what are some of the struggles and the joys of the parish? Uh, what does that mean to you? Give us a call, join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you and what you, you know, give your parish a shout out here. Let's, uh, let's talk up our parishes. Let's say, well, this is really great about my parish and I've really enjoyed it. Our phone number here at the Inner Life is 888-914-9149. number to call is 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email if you prefer. Our email address is at com. Still, Father, I mean, there is something about, um, bearing in mind what you just said about having that choice, but there is something about eventually landing somewhere, correct? I mean, it's not it's not just about a different parish every week?
1: No, no. Uh but of course, there's also geographical issues, too. Right. I, I, yeah, for many true. years, I was in a valley, a very distinct valley. There was four parishes in that valley. And, uh, you know, it was kind of by itself. And so, and I, just by pure coincidence, I actually spent some time as, as an associate in all three, in three of the four parishes. So I knew a lot of the people. And I knew that sometimes, you know, where the, where a person would go would depended on what time they woke up on Sunday morning, and you know, the, kind of a sure. convenient schedule. So, those those four parishes kind of consider themselves kind of one big Catholic unit. Okay. Um, so that's a possibility. Some cities have parishes that are very close together, mm-hmm. you know, a mile away or so. So there's all kinds of other considerations going on here, but. But generally speaking, um, the idea of identifying with a parish can be very powerful, and that's why the vast majority of parishes are named after a person. Mm. You know, we're at Saint Bruno. You know, I used to be at Saint Paschal, or uh, Saint Monica, and so you can kind of take on the characteristic or learn about that saint. It it helps identify if you have a person named after after a a parish, and And then also the more activities that you have there, especially memorable family activities. This is the place where my children were baptized, First Holy Communion Confirmation. This is the parish where I got married, etc. This is where grandfather had his funeral. Those are things that kind of tie emotionally a person to a parish in in a very powerful way, especially if they were good experiences, if they were, you know, really profound and deep and meaningful spiritual experiences, then the identity can be very tight. And we see that, especially, unfortunately, when a diocese might have to close a parish for some reason. Mm -hmm. And that becomes traumatic. Yeah. Because people say, you can't close this parish. My grandfather had his funeral here. And then you begin to see just the the kind of strong bond Mm -hmm. that people have where they've had these various powerful, spiritual, meaningful events. So, you know, God willing, we won't close any more parishes, but uh, and the ones that are open will, uh, the pastors and the staff and the <clears throat> everyone will just do everything they can to make that place a vibrant place where people can meet the Lord and meet each other in a meaningful way.
0: Amen to that. And that's one of the things, too, that strikes me as you're saying that, Father, is that there are, you know, much like we can't, uh, choose the family that we're we're born into or adopted into um we we too I mean even choosing yeah. a parish we're not choosing every other member and yet parish is meant
1: to be like a family right' It's absolutely meant to be a family just like a family has you know a, a male and a female component you know a young and old pleasant and unpleasant personalities <laughs> you know the family dog you know who yeah. you know may be cooperative or not. Uh you know, Pope John Paul II used to talk about the family as the school of love, which means loving someone who's not like you. <laughs> mm. And, uh, you know, a young person learning how to speak to an old person, an old person learning how to speak to a young person, a quiet person learning how to open up, and a extrovert person learning how to be a little bit more quiet. So it's, it's in this kind of engagement with other human beings that we become a more of a human being and that's on the on the family level and then if you have a parish full of families then it's it just becomes exponentially large we have a really unique situation here at St. Bruno that I've noticed is that on a Sunday morning I will see the grandparents the parents the children and the aunt and uncle all in the same row wow and then after mass they'll gather in as a family group and they'll continue talking over coffee and donuts for a while. And then I have the sense that they're going to spend the rest of the day together as well. Yeah. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing I've seen in this parish. I haven't seen it in others. Some, very often the grandparents live some distance away. Uh, we just have a unique geographical situation here where, uh, you know, multi-generational family groups uh, are, still, are still in town and they all come to Mass together. And it's really, really beautiful to see absolutely it is
0: and we have uh, as i live in a rural area um, we have something very similar too And, and it is it is a gift to see like you said multiple generations of the same family and extended family members uh, worshiping together. It's, a, it's yeah. a great and wonderful thing. We're speaking today about navigating parish life with our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney. If you'd like to give your parish a shout out, something great that's going on at your parish, what um, gets you involved and keeps you involved, give us a call at 888 9149 You may also have a question about uh, how do I navigate a particular situation that's going on in your parish? Maybe, it is, uh, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's something that's uh, causing some problems. Give us a call again. Ask your question of our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, 888 914 9149. Or, of course, as always, you can send us an email, life at relevantradio.com. We need to take our first break, but uh, we are going to have more, lots more, lots more discussion, lots more questions about navigating parish life when we return. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Wow. Does your parish choir sound like that? So remember to give thanks to the Lord. But regardless of what your parish choir sounds like, or even if you have a choir, there's still some many great spiritual benefits that come from being involved in your parish. That's what we're speaking about here today on The Inner Life. Hello and welcome back. My name is Patrick Conley. And whether you're listening on Relevant Radio and RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app, we invite you to call in, give your parish a shout out. What's something great about your parish? Or if you have a question about how to navigate particular things in your parish, We'd love to hear from you, 888 Calling in now is Helen calling in from Chicago, Illinois. Helen, thanks for calling. Welcome.
2: Well, thank you, Patrick and Father Dave. Um, I just wanted to, well, first I have to say that comment that Father Dave said about being baptized into a faith is and not a parish. really spoke to me and is really powerful. And I'm going to share it with my Vieta prayer group that I have because so many have left the church and the faith because what they felt was uh, a priest who didn't understand them, who was mean or whatever, like kind of what you said about, uh, you know, going to church and remembering that hour is for you and not for anyone else. So those are just so relevant to what I'm going through. But my son, I taught catechism for 25 years, and my son was always one of my students. And he had been uh, falsely accused by a priest for something, him and his friend. And they were such good Catholics. They went to school every uh, church, every Sunday. They sat in the front. And when that happened and the police got involved and then they were, you know, uh, people came up and said, that wasn't them. They weren't even in the room for tagging one of the bathrooms Mm -hmm. at our church. And um And I was so devastated because I was afraid my son would lose his faith. Like, you know, he was really hurt. So I called a good friend of mine, Father Jim, you probably know him, uh, one of the founders of the uh, For Life, Priest for Life. And I called him and I was so upset. I said, Father, I'm so afraid that Javi is going to leave the Catholic Church because of what happened. He's so upset. And so Father had wasted no time in coming to speak to him. And and just like, but he is, he now I feel like he's lukewarm. And this other young man who is a neighbor, good friend of my son's, um, he left the church completely. He's in, in a Methodist church. And, and anyway, I just, I'm just wondering, is there, anything and, and this young man who is also one of my two to three years he's always trying to give me tracts and stuff and i'm like i said son because i call him son i said you know i'm never going to leave my catholic church you think i would leave the eucharist and he said i really miss the eucharist
1: wow wow that's beautiful it makes sense and i'm you know those kind of things uh, th- those stories are familiar helen and i'm glad you shared it with us uh Priests are human. They make mistakes. They falsely uh, get a bad idea about what happened, and you know, make jump to the wrong conclusion about what young people might have done or not done. And it's a you know, there's no excuse for that. There's no uh, you know, uh, explaining it away. But one thing I would say to anyone that's ever, to whom that has ever happened, never let someone else's bad behavior affect you. Never let someone else's lack of faith, hope, or love. Affect your faith and hope and love. You have these gifts, you have these virtues of faith, hope, and love. Your job is to nourish them and keep them strong, no matter what anyone else does. You know, uh, Jesus uh, had half of his disciples walk away from him, and one of them betrayed him. And he didn't let that affect his love and faith and hope. And so neither should it be for you. You know, throughout life, you're going to find, you're going to just, everyone's going to come across bad people. Jesus even said, I am sending you like lambs amongst wolves. He knows that he's sending us out into a world in which there are bad people, and he's sending us there. He's not He's not sending stay home. He's saying go out and be amongst these bad people, and your job is to change them. Never let them change you. You may be successful. You may be not. Maybe you will have no impact on that pastor, but uh, no matter who it is, whether it's a fellow parishioner or... A priest in the parish, never let their bad behavior uh, change you. You you have your journey towards heaven. Stay on that journey, and never let anyone uh, you know knock you off the path. No matter no matter what they do. That's just that, those that's the message that Jesus gave just much just about every single day to his followers because he knew they lived in a very dangerous Roman Empire. Uh, you may think that this pastor was kind of mean to you, to your son, but. Jesus was sending his disciples out amongst Romans who persecuted them, and you know, wanted them dead. And yet the early church stayed true. They stayed to their faith no matter what. And that's an example for all of us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. We can learn a great deal from them and be inspired by them. So again, you know, every one of us is going to, every single day is going to meet up with irritating, annoying people, sinful people, selfish people. So what? Hmm. never let their bad behavior, never let their lack of love affect your love. You have it, nourish it, keep it going.
0: I think the one thing, excellent advice, Father. I think the one thing I would add on to that is that just remember other people are encountering you, too. <laughs> Not you, but me. I mean, you know, you're the you're the one that's maybe the annoying person in somebody else's life. So thank you, Helen, for the call. Appreciate that. And uh, F- Father, thank you. Well handled. I think that was just a, a great response um, specifically to, yeah, if mm. other people have, a, have bad behavior, don't let it affect you. Right. Let's go now to Paul calling in from St. Paul, Minnesota. Paul, thanks for calling in. Welcome.
3: Hey, good morning, Patrick and Father. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I'm a member of a, I guess you'd call it kind of a destination parish rather than a neighborhood parish, so we have hundreds of zip codes represented by our membership. And it kind of reminds me of the family nowadays, where like my kids literally live all over the country, and it's difficult to build family when, you know, the grandkids are a long ways away and so forth. And so our biggest challenge as a sort of a destination parish is to build community, uh, and I didn't know if you had any thoughts about or have seen other places where that can be done. I mean, we love our parish. We're engaged. But uh, people come from a long way, and it makes it harder to have that sense of family and community.
1: Is there anything that happens after Mass? Uh, coffee we and do
3: donuts. have we do have coffee and donuts, and th- those are well attended and uh, a big part of that, yes. I mean, we have the normal parish life. But Uh it's also difficult to. So we're working through this archdiocese is working on developing cell groups, small groups in our parishes. And that's going to be a challenge for us when people live so far away to uh, gather together again during the week kind of a thing.
1: So uh, that's yeah, that's a legitimate challenge. Uh, However, if they are coming at least once a week for mass, there is a possibility of making an extra trip depending on what they're coming for one thing that's happened right now it's kind of a beautiful phenomenon is there's, there's a tremendous number of parish renewal e- programs uh, the amazing parish is one parish catalyst is one that uh, i've i've seen parish renew um, you know we just heard a commercial for the quest video programs those are we we have those here those are excellent so i would say um, if the archdiocese is involved too they would be aware of these so maybe have your pastor Um, kind of research all these different activities uh, because they're all designed exactly to do what what you're looking for, is to, you know, kind of have a little bit more community, a little bit more people coming together to, you know, work, to experience things, whether it's prayer or discussion groups or learning or seminars. There's a lot of them available now. So I would say explore those. The diocese, I'm sure, would know about them. Um, You know, and look, some obstacles are... Unsurmountable. I mean, distance is distance, and if, if it's a difficult thing for people to come a long way, maybe nothing can happen for that. Uh, it may be just something that that's just the way it goes. But if you do have something that's really attractive, it's amazing what people will do if they think that this is going to benefit my family, this is going to make my, my own life better, this is going to be something really good for me, and I'm willing to travel the distance because I think this is something that's going to make my life better and more meaningful. Those programs are out there, Paul. I would just say, you know, start investigating and see what your pastor is open to.
0: Thank you, Paul. Thanks for calling in. And uh, a good question. I mean, certainly there are a number of destination parishes or so-called destination parishes uh, across the country. And as people are more and more mobile these days, Mm -hmm. yeah, they may choose to, to come somewhere from very far away in order to attend mass at a specific place. But that does it raises certain complications when it comes to building community there. So, Paul, appreciate the call. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, let's now let's go now to Tony calling in from Oh, look at this Whittier, California. Tony, welcome.
4: <laughs> Hello, uh, I'm wearing uh, earbuds. Should I take them off?
0: No, oh, that's fine. We can hear you just fine. Hello? Go ahead.
4: Oh, okay. So uh, I go to St. Bruno's and uh, Father Dave's my priest. But <laughs> uh, anyway, I just want to give a little short story about a good friend of mine. She's young. And she would, She hadn't been to church for like 22 years. And she would always make comments to me about, oh, look at you, always going to church, blah, blah, blah. So uh, something happened to her. She had an accident, and she's very traumatized. So she started going to ch- Mass with me. She's like, you think you could pick me up because she lives down the street from there? And I'm like, oh, okay. So I pick her up now. It's been a couple months. She goes to Mass with me every Sunday. I love it. And so uh, one thing is that I always talk of Father Dave. (laughs) And so we have not been, she has not been lucky enough to hear Father Dave at Mass. And one day he did walk in, but he didn't give the homily. But uh, anyway, I told us a story that Father Dave told us that 7.30 was too early for him. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway.
0: True confessions, (laughs) Father.
4: Then she says to me, "But he's always standing out there when we leave." I said, "I know, I don't understand that." But anyway, I just want to say Father
1: Day's the best. Oh, thank you, Tony. Nope. That's that's very delightful. Yeah, uh, we have uh, we have four priests here. We're lucky that we have four priests. So we we're, we take do the masses on rotation. So um, I basically say two masses on a Sunday. We all take uh, turns. But I'm out in front of the church uh, th- for every Mass, whether I say it or not, just greeting everyone. So, uh, but that was very nice, nice of you to call in, Tony. And, you know, I really love the fact that you, you were the, a major instrument in bringing someone else to church, right. bringing someone else to Mass. That is yeah. just beautiful. And I just really applaud you for that. If, uh, if I see you next Sunday, please come up and say hello. And I'd love to meet your friend, um, if that's possible. But just thank you for that. That is just a really, really beautiful ministry that you did there that will be a blessing for this person, and I, I think it's going to rebound and a, be a blessing for you as well. Thank yeah, you. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. And yes, I agree. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to bring somebody else to Mass and help them to become part of the community there as well, and for them to give their all for the Lord and to the Lord during each Mass that is celebrated there. And Father, I think based on both Paul's and Tony's uh, questions and comments, I, I guess one of the things that I'm seeing here is that there are a good number of people who are investing in their local parishes, and maybe they're finding some challenges, some difficulties along the way in really helping this parish to become. Well, as you said, this is it's primarily this is where we meet God, where we come yeah. right into contact with God Himself, primarily in our lives. So. Um, how do we how do we foster that how can people who have chosen I'm going to get involved I'm going to help this become a better and better parish to the best of my ability with the help of God's grace any tips that you might uh, you might suggest practical ways that we can help that to happen
1: I think you know depending on who you are and what position you have in the parish will kind of indicate how much impact that you have sure obviously nobody has more impact than the pastor I mean he sets the tone the attitude, the spirit of everything, and so that pastor really has to be very, very conscious and aware of of the impact that he has. Lectors and communion ministers, obviously, um, the, one, the one phrase I like to say all the time is behavior is everything. People watch each other, the people watch mm-hmm. you, and if you are up on the altar, people will watch your behavior. Uh, we just had a meeting with our priest the other day about the Eucharistic revival. And I just said, there is no teaching more powerful than the behavior of the priest at Mass. Wow. That that, that will do everything. Uh, people come to Mass, they say, oh, I don't really understand the Eucharist that much. But here's a guy who does, and look at the way he acts. And that's, that has a very big impact. So beginning with the clergy, beginning with the priests and deacons on the altar, that's big. And if you're involved in a liturgical ministry, lector or communion minister... How you behave around the Eucharist, how you behave just in general is very powerful. And then everybody in the pews, you know, you're sitting in the pew, but there's people behind you and they see you and they see how you act and what you're doing during mass. And so being aware and conscious of, of that, I, I think, is a lot has a bigger impact than people uh, think. I People take it for granted. I, I don't. I think behavior is everything and it has a tremendous impact. I think the other thing is I was saying to um, uh, Paul, too, is that there's a lot of uh, parish spiritual spiritual movements, um, programs. Pa- the Amazing Parish, Parish Catalyst, Parish Renew, Curcio Program, Quest, org. These are really uh, wonderful programs that bring people together to do something spiritual, whether it's discussion or study or learning or anything like that. The whole synod program has been powerful. So there's a lot out there that parishes can take advantage of if they choose to. Uh, But at the end of the day, I still think the most powerful thing of all is the behavior of the pastor, the clergy, and liturgical ministers, and then people in the pews. And so pay attention to how you're acting and how you're behaving at Mass. And that'll go a long way.
0: I'm going to grab that uh, that bit of audio of you saying that, Father, um, and play it for the altar servers that I have the privilege to train as well. All right. Often. Yeah, yep. Yep, I always tell them that there is never one minute in any Mass, if you're up in, on the altar, that uh, there's mm-hmm. not at least one pair of eyes on you. And... I find that to be very much the case. Some, you know, that people are always watching. So great, great advice, great uh, thoughts from our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, as we're talking about navigating parish life. If you have something that's going great in your parish and has really helped with the community aspect of it, that's really made your parish a better and better parish. You and you would like to just give him a shout out. Please feel free to give us a call, and we'll try to get you on the air. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Maybe you have a question, as Paul did about how to how to get to work with your parish to help them become a better and richer parish Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine 914 9149 is the number to call our email address is at relevantradio.com we're going to take our next break but we've got more of the show and more discussion about navigating parish life coming up right after this don't go away stay with us
2: seems it never rains in southern
0: Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, who is producing our show today, and Sarah Tafoya taking your phone calls, along with our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney. We're talking about navigating parish life. There's many things that we can face uh, in our local parish, maybe many things that we're not particularly happy with, but still... There are some great reasons for getting involved and staying involved in your local parish. If you have questions about that and would like to be part of the conversation, go ahead and give us a call at 888 Father, one of the things that I think besets a lot of parishes is that there are divisions uh, in and amongst the people who are part of the parish. And I'm just wondering if, if uh, you have any suggestions about what we do, if there's things like politicking and backbiting and fighting and divisions and that sort of thing any any way we ways we should really uh be intentionally involved in helping to overcome those things
1: i think the first thing is to not be too disappointed about it or too shocked or stunned again you know we're dealing with a whole bunch of human beings different personalities different outlooks different visions coming together in one place each group having an idea of which direction the parish should go and if it gets a little bit mean or mean-spirited, you know, we shouldn't be stunned or shocked by that. It's, you know, people can be sinful, you know, we are lambs amongst wolves, so take it in stride. Then I think the second thing is don't join in any gossip, uh, just don't join in any kind of gossipy conversations. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there are important issues that need to be addressed. And I think the first thing is to, be, is to focus on solutions. Um, so if you hear somebody complaining about something, ask them what is their answer. Uh, and that kind of gets them a yeah. little bit out of complaint mode and into progress, into what can be done. Um, and I think it's always important to let the priest know what's going on. They they really can't solve problems that they don't know about. So if all these things are going on underneath the radar or underneath the, uh, you know, audible level, then you need, you need to make the covert overt so that the priest can deal with it. Um, and always in a a respectful manner. It's perfectly all right for people to have different opinions. Um, It just has to be kept uh, civil. And I think it'd be important, depending on how big the issue is. So, for instance, during the pre-scandals time, we had a series of open uh, open forums, where we invited everybody into the church, and in a very orderly way, we just kind of went through all the issues, answered every single question, had materials for people to take home and read. Um, so there could be any number, you know, it could be immigration, it could be the church scandals, it could be a financial issue, it could be, a, you know, a ethnic issue, uh, you know, different ethnic groups in the parish. So providing opportunities for people to express themselves and to talk is powerful. It's what I call making the covert, you know, kind of small little hidden conversations and making them overt bringing them out into the open. Uh, Now that takes training. Uh, Fortunately, uh, you know, I'm lucky because I did have that training because I have a degree in marriage and family and child counseling from USC. And so we kind of went, we learned a lot of that, those kind of dynamics. Um, But if a pastor is not familiar with that, he, he can bring in someone as a moderator. But I think it's important to deal with it. Don't pretend it's not happening. Don't cover it up. Don't avoid it. Provide opportunities for uh, the people on different sides of an issue in a parish to come together and talk in a, in a civil way, in a prayerful way. Um, and people find that very, they feel like you're taking care of business. They feel like you're really meeting the issues, and that's yeah. important. And um, it's very healing as well. So that, that's my advice. If there's any of these kind of divisions going on, don't ignore them. Don't sweep them under the rug. Either if you feel competent as the pastor to, you know, bring groups together to talk about it, great. Otherwise, bring in a moderator, but do something. Don't do nothing. Okay, very good.
0: And as as long as you brought up um, talking to your pastor about uh, whatever it may be that's besetting, maybe it is specifically around division, but I'm just thinking in general too, Father, that um, a lot of folks... This was somewhat new to me when I became uh, Catholic because I'm, a, I'm an adult convert to the Catholic faith. and uh, But there is, there's a different feel between um, at least the Protestant tradition that I was part of and the pastor of those congregations. And Catholics, uh, yeah, our relationship with Father, our pastor in the parish... Um, so, what if you specifically have a disagreement with father? I think a lot of folks can feel timid or about uh, bringing that to the fore, at least bringing it to him, and uh, hopefully avoiding sharing their problem with father with every all the other parishioners, right? But uh, yeah. what if what if someone disagrees with with you with the pastor?
1: Well, I mean, uh, if somebody comes to me with a complaint, the first thing I I try to listen to is. Uh, what, what kind of person is this? Is this a person who is a, who just loves to complain, kind of complains about everything, lives in a constant state of anger and upsetness? And then I realize that the, that the issue is really more with them as opposed to the thing that they're talking about. But that's a little bit rare. If, if somebody comes with a, with a legitimate complaint, then obviously I, I like to hear it. I'd rather know than not know. I really can't solve anything if I don't know about it. So I'm actually grateful when people point out something, and it could be, you know, the church is too hot or too cold, uh, or, you know, I don't understand this accent, or why don't we have this, or let's, you know, any of those kind of things. Um, Because to me, it expresses interest. This person is showing an interest in the parish, you know, because they, they would like to see something change for the better. So I think on the, per, on the part of the pastor, if there's any pastors listening, I would say just it's very important to not take anything personally. Don't take it personal. Don't, don't so strongly identify with the parish that if someone says they don't like the color of the fence, that you take it as a personal insult. Uh, so don't take it personally. Just take it. What you should do is take it as a sign of interest that this person cares about the parish in such a way that they're commenting on something that they want to improve. For parishioners, I would say if you if you have something to say, what I would say is prepare. Just don't spout off because you're probably going to say something incorrect or get it out of perspective. Mm -hmm. So if you have something that you don't like about the parish, what I would say is uh, maybe write out your thoughts and then consider that as a first draft and then write them out again Mm -hmm. so that they're clear in your head and that you're not overstating it or you know, kind of going off, uh, spouting off, and and saying things that are unkind. So prepare what you have to say. Think about the pastor. What kind of personality does he have? Uh, and then, uh, and then I would say make sure that you that you connect with him, either in writing, uh, preferably in person. And I think this is a very important psychological thing: the way God designed us if you don't, if you keep the thing that you, if you keep the resentment inside, let's say you want something changed in the parish and you just keep resenting it, you just keep fulminating about it, it's very bad for you. It's bad for your heart. It's bad for your health. It's bad for your mental uh, stability. God designed us in such a way that when we take care of business, when we go to the pastor and say, hey, Father, I would like this to happen in the parish. Okay, you've done it. You've, you've made your case. Maybe it, you get a yes, maybe you get a no, but you've made your case. And God designed us in such a way that when we take care of business, when we get it off our chest, we feel better yeah. and we feel at peace. I have At least I tried. And uh, if it's successful, it's even better. If not, you'll have the satisfaction of saying, I did my best to make this new policy happen didn't happen, but I I did, you know, act on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's important. What you don't want to do is just keep the bitter, keep the resentment inside and just smolder over it, Mm. you know, week after week after week. Mm -hmm. Hope that helps.
0: Yeah, no, it does, and and there's lots of good lots of good advice you were giving in there, Father, and I think that I think that that's a, that's an important last point that you made there too, is that when that does smolder inside of us, I mean, we're tempted in all sorts of directions that uh, are, end up being, uh, well, end up getting ourselves and potentially others into into sin, right? So um, yeah. yeah, thank you for that. I think the last question just here before we ask for your blessing, Father, is I, a lot of people are dedicated, as I said before, about helping to make their parish better. And specifically, one of the ways that I think a lot of people want their parish to be better is to help to make it more attractive um, to others too, is that might say, yeah, I want to be part of that. And, I, and Now, hear me. I'm not saying just particularly the building, um, but and, and not even necessarily particularly the the mass, the liturgy itself, although those are both parts of that. Um, so, I guess I would end by asking you: Any ways that we can become, say, more evangelical, more attractive, more? You know, let's
1: let's shine this light so that people may come. So, I think there's three three areas that uh, any parish can focus on. If they get all three down cold, that's beautiful. But even just one or two or three or, or three will really help. Okay. I think the things that make a place really attractive and evangelical is, is music, the homilies, and the ministries. Mm. I think music moves your emotions. It moves your feelings. It gets you kind of emotionally involved. Homilies ap- appeal to your mind, to your head, knowledge and wisdom and insight about uh, bringing uh, Jesus to your life. And then ministries is kind of moves your feet. You, you get involved you know, you're you're doing something in the parish you're joining this group or that group or that group. So music, better music, better homilies, and better ministries. Those are the three areas that I think are the most that cause the most identity with a parish and get you most involved because they they deal with your heart, your head and your and your feet, your you know, your involvement. Mm-hmm. And getting getting all those three online um, will we'll go a long way to making a parish the place where you can meaningfully meet the Lord and other people in a very powerful way.
0: And uh, do you think pastors in general are open to people coming forward and saying, I have a particular interest in helping with the music program or I have, or, I have an idea for a new ministry or even, dare I say it,
1: Father, have you ever thought about this for your homilies? <laughs> well, hopefully that person is really diplomatic yeah, <laughs> uh, Because, uh, Good point. Okay. You, know, you know, you're know, you dealing, you know, you're just think about it. Anytime that you talk to another person about how that person can, you know, change, yeah. it takes a lot of diplomacy, right? You don't want to come right. across as superior or holier than thou or wiser than thou or, or critical. You know, you're a bad pastor, you're a bad pastor, father, because you're not doing this or that. So how you do it is very important and um, you just want to do it in a loving way. And in a way, and I would say kind of learn about your pastor. What kind of person is he? What kind of language appeals to him? Uh, Do you want to just walk up to him cold or make an appointment? You know, set it up with an email first. Those are all kind of strategies that you can use uh, to connect with another person uh, and, you know, get them motivated. So... But I think those are the three areas, music, Music, homilies, and and ministries. Yeah, all right. Well, very good.
0: That's a good place to leave it, I think, Father, right there. So thank you so much for being our spiritual director today. May we have a blessing from you.
1: Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings on all our parishes, their clergy, staff, and all our parishioners. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Again, Father
0: Dave Heaney has been our spiritual director today, and Navigating Parish Life was our conversation. If you missed part of the conversation, we'd like to go back and listen. We're always available online and on the Relevant Radio app. Just go to RelevantRadio.com or find the Shows on Demand tab on the app and click on Inner Life. Thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great weekend. Monday on the program, When God Says No, with our spiritual director, Father Mike Martin. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is up next, so be sure and stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining us this time again. Have a wonderful weekend, and until next time, grace and peace.